Step into HR success with AIM HR Solutions. As your trusted partner, we are here to empower you on your HR journey, whether your team is small, in transition, or simply seeking extra support. Introducing our dynamic contract HR services, designed to bring ease and efficiency to your operations. Imagine the peace of mind knowing you have a dedicated partner handling compliance, employee relations, and so much more. Let AIMHR Solutions be your guiding light toward HR success. Visit AIMHRSolutions.com for more information. Welcome to Human Solutions. I'm Pete Wright. If you're a regular listener of this show, you might remember just a few weeks back, we talked about quiet quitting, losing employees not by watching them walk out the door, but by having them show up disengaged, disconnected from the work they've been hired to do. It's a tricky HR problem. This week, we're taking on the other side of that particular coin. Cultivating a motivated workforce is the organization's ultimate goal, especially in the face of extraordinary turnover across the employment market. So what does it take to motivate an employee? What does HR need to do to take into consideration with employee recognition programs? This week, our own employment impresarios, Kyle Pardo and Terry Cook, are here to help you start motivating your teams today. Terry, Kyle, welcome. It is so good to be talking to you again this week. We're talking about uh, motivating employees uh, employees who are not engaged or who are actively disengaged cost the world $7.8 trillion in lost productivity, according to Gallup's State of the Global Workplace 2022 report. That's kind of a stunning figure. What does that take into consideration? Kyle, you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, so it's a couple of things. It's It goes back to that quiet quitting, right? Employees who are not fully engaged might be costing the company money and productivity. Um, it might be bringing down the... Uh, I don't know, the work ethic or the the culture, the um, the atmosphere of the companies that might leak over into other employees really not feeling engaged in the organization. And ultimately, if if people aren't engaged and, and motivated, they may decide to quit. And then you have the whole the whole cost of filling that position. So um, you know, all you need is one one person not feeling feeling engaged and it can trickle over to other people. Sure, sure. It's the exponential math kicks in, which is sometimes hard for us to keep in the back of our minds, right? The impact of one disengaged employee on the organizations, it's it spreads exponentially. It can potentially spread exponentially if we're not on top of it. So, OK, let's then uh, fix that problem. Terry, you're here. You're just going to fix it all for us. So what is it? What what does it take to retain your existing talent? Let's start. Uh, let's start building a, a bit of a, a wish list. What is a great? What does our fake manufacturing organization need to, to keep in mind to keep the people they have and keep them producing happily? Yeah, I think as we've spoken about in previous podcasts, it's really about listening and understanding that there could be a variety of needs that keep people engaged. So it's not like one stop shopping or one size fits all when you're trying to engage your workforce or motivate your workforce. It's really about kind of hearing and thinking and maybe giving options um, of of ways to recognize people. Um, It's interesting. This came up not long ago on a, a call I had with a with a company where 
somebody had a, a work anniversary and they thought it would be nice to recognize people's work anniversaries. We all would think, yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Wrong. This employee was so mad at management and HR because they told the whole company how long this person had worked there. And for that person, this made them feel like they were almost being called um, an older employee because they were being recognized for a lot of years of service. So, um, you know, so HR had to kind of jump in. Same thing can happen with birthdays. We try to recognize birthdays. We don't tell people their ages, thankfully. Human resources knows not to do that. Um, but, but again, some people are just are private people. So these are just some calls where, you know, if you as a company took one approach and said, I'm only going to recognize people for their anniversaries, or I want to show people I care by just recognizing them on a birthday, it just is a few different examples of, of random employees that actually see that in the as the reverse. So it might turn them to quiet quitting because they're going to disengage from the workforce instead of seeing it as a reward or something that shows the company cares. I'm going to take Terry's story a, a step further. So there was a case back <laughs> about three years ago where a company celebrated an employee's birthday. The employee knew that this was potentially going to happen and asked the company not to celebrate their birthday, but the company went ahead and did it anyway. And the employee was uh, embarrassed by it um, and it caused anxiety to the point where the employee uh, lashed out a bit and, and, and shared his um, discomfort in the situation and ultimately was fired by the company for his, for his poor behavior. Um, the employee brought a claim against the company and was awarded $450,000 because this <laughs> birthday celebration triggered his anxiety disorder. So to Terry's point, it's knowing your employees, <laughs> knowing the situation. I'm seeing uh, Pete's wide eyes at this example, but this, this gobsmacked. happened in I am 2019. Gobsmacked, yeah. Kyle. <laughs> yes. My God. So, yeah. Wow. Um, so think wow. about think about your employees. What you know, what you might think is motivating a and a point. nice gesture might not come back the same way. As somebody who lives with anxiety, I, I am not someone to question anybody else's anxiety, right? Everybody's anxiety is is a perfect cornucopia of wonders for them. And uh, but but I do think it's important to at least acknowledge like what the recommendation don't don't give the number of years. Don't. Do, but is there uh, is there still value of celebrating uh, the the sort of seasoned nature of your of your workforce, of your team? They've been here a long time. They're experts. They're wise, like all of those could connote age, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you get around that? Or are we just talking about like superficial recognition that doesn't really get to the root of, uh, you know, motivation? I mean, I think it's still a matter of talking to your employees. So rather than doing maybe a public recognition years ago, I would have a, a service awards luncheon is what we called mm -hmm. it back then. And we would t take anybody that was hitting a milestone, um, which as Kyle and I joked the other day, could be six months now in a year. Mm -hmm. um, but back then I had employees celebrating 30, 40 years with my company. And we would take all of those people and invite them to a lunch offsite um, where we would recognize them. And again, it's an invitation. So if somebody really found anxiety or they really didn't like that aspect, they just didn't have to come. We didn't push it. We just let it happen. We just said, this is what we're going to do at the luncheon. And at the time we handed out these 
these materials that let them pick a pick a prize, so to speak, or pick a gift um, from the company. And and it was actually seen by, I think back then, 99% of the people as something that was super positive. They looked forward to every year because they were invited to a special luncheon to acknowledge them as a group. And it was anybody that hit that milestone during the year. So the people that didn't may not have wanted to be called out as a one or two people a month, they weren't. They were in one group of anybody that celebrated a big anniversary that year. They got their free lunch. They got to network. They got the ability to get off of their workstations and relax for an hour. So so I think in that example, it was just a matter of the way you handled it. You invited people, gave them the option to be out instead of having them sue you for anxiety as Kyle mentioned, um, you know, but it still was a reward or something that people saw as positive of those that attended. No, I was just gonna say, I think Terry made another really good point. And what she just said, though, is uh, years ago, there would be a catalog. And when you hit 25th anniversary, you might get a watch or a chair or whatever it might be. And so I think what's different now is thinking about it in, in celebrating those six month anniversaries and those one year anniversaries, because people might not work with you for their entire career, like, like right. previously. So I think thinking about those shorter term. Oh celebrations yeah. That the whole scale has changed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, the other thing that I really want to acknowledge about this, and this goes into another, uh, uh Pete's past life story, uh, which is, you know, work for a, a former company that did that. Like we, I had been there for 10 years and it was time to get a watch or something. Right. And I get this email from, uh, from HR saying, congratulations. We really are proud of you. You've been a great team member all this time. You've done great work. Here is our catalog. You can select from anything in here is a silver watch. There's pins, there's whatever you want. It's all yours. And at the bottom of the email, it said, please do not reply to this email. This inbox is not monitored by any human at all. Like it was the biggest joke of recognition because they were just giving me stuff like there was no humanity to it. And I think that's a part of it, like inviting someone to a lunch or making sure that at a bare minimum, a human being is responding to emails that are coming to offer you give it it makes it less of a joke like it was a joke it made seniority at the organization lampoonable and that's a really sad place to be i think that you know for me the lesson here is just remember the humanity in recognition that's really important Absolutely. And I think as some companies think about it and they think they may not have a budget for these types of motivational gifts or luncheons or things like that. Sometimes it's the note, the the handwritten yeah. note from a supervisor or something that says, thank you, or, you know, we're celebrating your, your accomplishment or whatever it might be. So uh, I, Pete, I think you're absolutely right. It's keeping that humanity in it and uh, not uh, making it a formal, mm-hmm. you know, process that, that a computer has taken over for you. And it doesn't have to be even a supervisory or human resources or even management led. I've seen some very, um, I guess, good recognition programs where coworkers were able to recognize each other. So they were able to hand something in to a manager or human resources department saying, you know, Kyle did this wonderful thing for me and I just want to recognize Kyle. And sometimes recognition from coworkers means a lot to them, too. Right. Um, not just a, you know, milestone recognition as as an anniversary or a birthday might be. So some random recognition. And, and to Kyle's point, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. You know, I mean, sometimes it's just. Um, you know, it's just the recognition that somebody selected you. And, and in my experience in the past, the coworker recognitions meant more to them 
than the uh, watch, as you oh, said. Oh, sure. Pete. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Who needs another logo watch is all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, we won't get you one, Pete, okay? <laughs> please, please don't get me a watch. Okay. Uh, I, I, uh, I think that's, so that's the uh, some notes on the recognition side, but there is this other side of keeping well-engaged and motivated employees, and that's the actual, like, environment in which they're doing the job. What is it that that helps to build that culture for employees to be motivated in the seat where they're actually doing the job, regardless of how long they've been there or when their birthday is? I think there are a couple of things there. We, we all want to do jobs that we like. Um, and by by that, it could be the job itself. So is there room for growth? Is there room for learning, uh, professional development, cross-training, um, you know, learning from a from a coworker? So, so that sometimes for individuals, that's motivating to be able to take on new projects and new, uh, new experiences. Um, I think the the environment itself, so where you where you actually sit or where you go every day, and if that's remote or if that's in person, um, you know, is that a place that you want to be? So, so I think companies need to think about, you know, really, uh, what does the day to day look like for an employee to to keep people motivated? Yeah, and I agree. And I think um, to build off of what we said on quiet quitting, it's about how much you appreciate them, how much you show you appreciate them, how how your boss recognizes what you're doing, how, you know, how you're thanked for doing what maybe just your regular everyday job. So just really somebody that's listening, that is interested in not only maybe your work skills, but your your, your what's going on in your life so that they feel like they're heard by work, but they're also heard as a person in the organization. The act of recognizing employees for their just sort of day to day, I think, takes some different um, uh, different has different flavors to it. Right. They, uh, one of the pieces we use around around our house is uh, just as our little microculture of our families. You can you can ask me to do something or tell me how to do something I'm trying to do, but don't know how to do. But you can't do both like doing both, telling me what to do and how to do it does not allow me any agency in the work that I'm doing. And I often think in in certain certain ranks across organizations that can be forgotten, that some of the greatest value we get out of showing up every day is being able to demonstrate that we have capacity, capability, uh, and strength to make decisions, have autonomy, and and show our own agency in the work we do. What's what's your thought on that? Am I just spinning out of control here? No, I think autonomy means a lot to a lot of people, so they can show what they they're able to do. And I also think. Uh, managers that are open to suggestions. I mean, Kyle's great about that with our group. You know, she doesn't try to squash our creativity or our ideas, not to say we can do every one of them, but, you know, just having somebody that's open to listen is very energizing. I've had coworkers come to me and say that. They're mm-hmm. like, I can't believe the new energy I feel because people are listening to what I might have as an idea. So it doesn't mean they expect us to put them all in place. It just means that they're heard mm-hmm. and that they're recognized as somebody that might have a good idea to contribute to the company. To your point, Pete, I think anybody can contribute like that. I remember a job I had, this is back in high school, working in a, a gift shop, like a card store. 
and everybody was in charge of a different area. So somebody was in charge of making sure the cards were all straight. Somebody was in charge of the puzzles. Somebody was in charge of making sure the mugs all faced the right way. And, you know, and it became a sense of pride. It wasn't any difficult job. It wasn't a high visibility job, but it all contributed to the overall, you know, goal of the, of the store. And um, I think when people have that ownership of something, it makes you, makes you feel proud of, of the way it looks and, um, and gives you that, that connectedness, I guess. Kyle, as a leader of the organization, what is it that gives you pride in your organization and in the work that you do every day? Ultimately, it's making sure that we're helping companies that, you know, we are doing HR consulting. We know that the HR departments are facing a lot of challenges through COVID. Um, but behind the scenes, it's, it's seeing people on our team come up with new ideas and, and trying them out and seeing if they work. And, um, as Terry said, you know, we have a culture where people can throw out an idea. And if we all agree that it's something we're going to move forward on, we're all in. And if it, if it works great, we're all going to celebrate it. And if it doesn't work, we're all together going to go back and look at it and figure out why it didn't work. So, um, it's, it's supporting each other that once we've made a decision that that's what we're, we're committing to. And ultimately it's all at the end goal of, of helping our, our members and our clients. Terry, what's your, what's your shelf full of mugs? <laughs> Kyle knows I have, I have too many ideas sometimes, <laughs> but no, I, I think you're, I mean, I think what Kyle's saying is right. You know, I just think we, we want to, I think all of us on, especially on our team, we have such a goal of wanting to be a help and a resource to people that we're constantly trying to shift our minds into the minds of our customer and saying, okay, when I'm there, what do I need? Or what would be something that would feel like a help to me. So we're not trying to just say, okay, well, this is the only thing we're going to offer you. This is what we are telling you you need. So we're listening and we're constantly trying to relate to what the needs might be because I do think everybody enjoys helping others. Everybody on our team likes to show a difference in people for their companies and and making their lives easier. So I think all of that's you know, something that's yeah. motivating. I, what I love hearing about both of you reflect on your own sort of shelves of mugs is that part of the hidden message is look at the great ideas around you and get out of the way. Mm, so much true. of this is letting letting ideas flourish on the team and across the team and for customers. And and, uh, it, you know, that's one of the things that I think can can really stymie the the flow of ideas across a team is just getting in our way because of this is how it's been done or these are the people who have to do this one thing and you know for whatever reason we can find an excuse not to do something uh not to try new things really good point p i love i i love it when people come and they say why have we been doing it that way yeah <laughs> couldn't we just get rid of this step and make it faster and it's like an aha moment of like yes we absolutely can it you know so i love when people yeah. question why why have we done it that way as we get toward wrapping up um we've already talked about like don't do anything to get you sued for for one of your team members anxiety let's avoid that any other gotchas for our hr pros who are looking for ways to motivate their teams any other gotchas they need to to maybe tread carefully around we sometimes say no good turn goes unpunished or or what you know whatever the the phrase is We've talked to companies who've said, you know, we've given out Thanksgiving turkeys for years. We've we've decided we're not going to give them this year. So while people maybe weren't super excited about their their turkey, as soon as you stop doing it, then people say, where did the turkey go? Right. How come we don't get a turkey this year? Or 
when you do do it, pe- people might say, I don't even like turkey. I wish I could get something else. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's nice if you have the opportunity to have a couple of different options. That That's one one thing and saying, you know, would you rather have a pie or a turkey and let people have a choice? Sometimes that's a, a good way to go. Um, but keep in mind, it, it's going to be difficult sometimes to to make everybody happy and you're going to do your best that you can. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. If you can be, if you can have options, that's great. But if you can't just really kind of listen and, and try to see what, what your decisions, how they might impact to Kyle's point, some people might say, you know, the Turkey is something their family may count on every year. And a company doesn't know that they just know that they think it was a lot of work. And it, you know, I I experienced it at one of my companies. I would literally, Pete, sit in the back of a truck and hand out refrigerated turkeys for half a day, you know, and you'd you'd get the people that were super appreciative. You get the people that, like Kyle said, that don't like turkey. You'd get the people saying that John's turkey is a half pound bigger than mine. Um, You know, so you you, you get Mm -hmm. the, the whole realm of it. But at the end of the day, every single year, people would come up and say that meant the world to my family, you know? So again, it may not, it's not a high cost thing and it may be people just don't think it's important, but really try to find out what might be important to your employees. And if you have to make a change, talk about it instead of just making the change and walking away and and pretending it never happened. I had a, a CEO I worked for once who called this the Christmas vacation rule. Are you are you familiar with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Yes, I am. At the end of the movie, Clark discovers that his annual bonus for Christmas was replaced with a subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club without talking to him. And this <laughs> president of this company, this consulting company I work for, said, I have never forgotten that, like how disruptive that can be. Any program you put in place, make sure it is sustainable and passes the Christmas Vacation test. You don't want to give somebody the jelly of the month club when they're counting on being able to put in a new pool. <laughs> That's a good, a very good I thought. I like that. <laughs> on that note, thank you both so much for this uh, this dose of uh, of generosity and recognition for teams. Uh, as always, you are uh, both so wise and so helpful, and we sure appreciate you. I assume uh, if we send people to aimhrsolutions.com, we can uh, we'll put the link in the show notes. They can find some resources there. Is there anything you would like specifically to point folks to uh, to learn more about? No, if you'd want to take a look at some of our training classes, we do have classes in there on motivating employees. And so if that's something you want to learn more about, that might be a good program for you to check out. Or if you want to use training as a motivator, a, a way to help them grow, you know, to, to maybe reach the next goal in their career. That's something that we can help with as well. Outstanding. Thank you both so much. Terry Cook, Kyle Pardo, and thank you all for downloading and listening to this show. We sure appreciate your time and your attention. As always, you can find the links and notes about the show at amrhrsolutions.com or just check the show notes. I'll put it all in there. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe anywhere you find your podcasts. On behalf of Kyle and Terry and everybody at the AMHR Solutions team, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you back here next week on Human Solutions, simplifying HR for people who love HR. <laughs>